Hello there. Welcome to Digging Deep. I'm your host, Jordan Cameron. Who are we to have been so blessed to share our stories like this across time? This is a podcast where I'll be bringing a series of interesting guests on to talk more about that through their passions, beliefs, and views on the world. And through these conversations, I hope you can all go away, never being afraid to dig deeper into your everyday lives to find the truth, beauty, new potentials, and possibilities we can all truly achieve in this world. Today's guest is my exceptionally talented guitarist, bandmate, and brother, Connor Willer. Connor, how are you doing, my friend? It's a privilege to have you on the show today. How are you? Thank you for taking the time out to come on. That's all right, mate. I, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, busy as always, but aren't we all? Um, yeah, I'm great, thanks, mate. How about you? I'm doing very well, thank you. I know um, you've been a big supporter of the show for a long time, so I really do appreciate it, and uh, you've shown your eagerness to come on. So um, I'm glad to finally have you on and uh, ready to dig deep with you, mate. It's only taken us 45 minutes to get everything working, though, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the um, pain of technology. You know, we can put a man on the moon and have electric cars and, you know, wireless in-ears and all these things. But there's always something that will mess up along the way. <laughs> that's fine. That, that's that's just uh, that's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so are you ready to dig deep? Because I know um, this is a bit, a bit of a philosophical podcast, so um, this will... I don't want to go too deep, but it's uh, going to be interesting to dig deep with you today, mate. Yeah, go on then. Let's go for it. <laughs> so um, the first question I always ask guests, um, it's like a nice easing in. And I'm sure you're ready for this one as well, because you've, you're a fan of the show as well. So when you were younger, what were some of the things that opened your eyes to a new perspective on how much positivity and perspective the world can offer you as a person? Um, it's a really good question. Um, I would definitely say that for me, it's always been um, kind of my parents in a, in a kind of way, I suppose. I mean, they've always they've always shown positivity and kindness, no matter no matter the scenario, and that's something that kind of I've always picked up on, and I've always tried to live like that. So, I think when you realise just how such a small gesture of of kindness can go such a long way, and how much impact that can have on you as a person and how much that can have an impact on somebody else um yeah i would i would definitely say it's my parents um but i think you know one kind thing can make a lifelong friend like i mean you just give me the audition to be in the band for example now we're we're friends and we'll be friends for you know the long time to come as well so i do think uh, kindness can offer a new perspective in the world if you will allow it to those are wonderful answers. Um, you know, there's it's, um, it's, it's kind of going to look for to be grateful for the little things as well as the big things, like you were saying with your parents. Is there um, were there like any lessons that really stood out to you in particular? What they passed down through um, the positivity that you were talking about there? Yeah, I mean they 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 always they're always supporting me and me and Naz always. Uh, it didn't matter what we were doing, whether we were being silly you know whatever it was they, they fully backed us um it didn't matter and even now like they still back us uh, as a band you know they, they they support us they will share our posts they do everything to kind of help us so yeah um that's a big part of it and i just you know it, i always know that if i ever needed to talk to my parents i could just talk to them and those two moments in particular stand out to me um for, for sure that that is wonderful that uh, and i definitely every time that i see you you always pass on these um little gestures of positivity and happiness 
that um, you've, I, I guess you've really um, inherited from your parents there as well. Um, is there anything that helps you um, to, I guess, look for the more little things that you could advise people to, if it's, uh, if, I guess if it's harder to look for them, what advice would you give to people to look for the little things to help appreciate the bigger things? Something as small as a smile, you know, um, for example, just, just smiling at someone and just moving out of the way if they're coming past you is a polite gesture, which, I mean, when you, I mean, I, I work in a public facing job where you have people come in all day, every day. And the thing is, just because someone's having a, a bad day, it doesn't mean that, you know, they may have initially taken it out on you because you're the first person they've seen, but that doesn't mean that you're the problem for that. And you've sometimes got to look past that. We don't know the other person's story. So my advice is, is something as small as a gesture is just smiling at someone politely or moving out of their way or opening the door for someone might change their whole day it might give them that feeling that, wow, someone's paid attention to me today. Or, or it might make them feel like, do you know what? That person was very polite to me today. That was kind. And they'll pass that on in turn. You can make the world a better place just by doing a simple act of kindness. It takes two seconds. It just to ask how someone is. Just text someone you haven't spoke to for ages. It doesn't hurt to. You know, that's uh, that way to open the show just here is absolutely perfect. You know, um, Every time I see you, there's always a gesture of kindness, a smile, just like you were saying. Um, and that's a perfect way to open it up. So thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Um, so to move on now, um, obviously, you're a musician, as I've said. Um, I guess that's ha uh, a big part of how we met. So um, from a very young age, you've had a big love for music. So could you talk more about where your love for music began and what you hope are some things that people will take away from seeing you play live and some of the music that um, they hear from the band? Yeah, I mean, from a very, very young age, I've always had a, a love and almost an obsession, if you will, with music. I, I, they say like a picture paints a thousand words, and I completely agree with that. But <clears throat> some people connect with art more than they do maybe music. And you could argue music is art and so on, but some people will look at a picture and they it will give them an emotive it can be an emotive experience. You can feel it in a way that you didn't. And the same with music applies to, to I think musicians probably feel it a bit differently. Um, but like from the youngest age, I've always been obsessed with music. And, you know, as you get older, your music taste may change and you may grow and you may change your opinion on certain things. But fundamentally that connection with music, I think so many people connect with it because it makes you feel a certain way. I mean, me, me and you have been doing the band since 2014, you know, while we didn't get on stage till late 2015, there was a lot of lineup changing and stuff and, and there was after that. But, you know, I, I think for anyone that's seen us play on stage, who's been following us a long time, we'll, we'll probably be able to see through everything that we've been through as a band, no matter how many times we've been pushed down and kicked when we've been down. We refuse to lay down and roll over. We always get back up. We always get back up stronger, harder and better. And we always, always do that. And we always set the bar. Like our album Chrysalis was a good example of that. We took on a new drummer and we said, right, let's, let, let's screw, let's screw it. Let's not do an EP. Let's do an album. So we did that. You know, the, the music we have started on this album, again, it's the same thing. So anyone that's seen us live, I think they might be, if they followed us for a long time, they'll go, wow. But there's also that thing of, you know, we have all put thousands of hours of practice into our craft. 
Um, and I don't think people realize how big a thing that is. Um, like people don't realize that. So I think people seeing us on stage, you only see a small snippet of what really goes on. And I'm hoping that when they see that afterwards, they realize that, you know, we're not famous. We're not a big band. You know, people like us and they follow us, but they come to us after a show. They want photos. They want to talk to us because we've had a connection with them. And that's what I hope people get out of it when they see us on stage. Yeah, that um, I, I, mean, I hope that as well, because um, it go, I, I think it's not just uh, going back to what you were saying about art and how important it is. It's not just, you know, it, 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 it's not just a painting. It can is making that connection as well. I mean, what what do you, do you personally feel the importance of art is? Um, is there anything apart from making a connection as well? It can be so it can be so integral to someone's person. Um it can be so integral to maybe their mental health or, or their physical health, depending. Um, it, it could be the difference between that person, you know, that could be the difference between someone picking up the phone and reaching out for help and trying to do it alone because they listen to a song and it just releases this flood of emotion. Um, I think art has such a big impact, whether that's a performance in the theatre, a movie performance, you know, we've all seen films where it chokes us up. You know, even even the most callous of us have have the ability. To go, oh my God, that that hit me! And all it takes is the right kind of performance. That doesn't matter whether that's performing arts, whether it's singing, whether it's dancing, whether that is painting or or reading or writing. Whatever that, whatever your art is, can massively massively impact others. And I don't think people realise that when they do it, which is something I think a lot of artists take for granted. I think that that is very true. You know, uh, the the amount of time you spend in things like every, every Sunday we meet up at rehearsal unless it's like, you know, Christmas or something else. Mm. But um, we spend so, so long. Oh, can we tweak this part of the song? Oh, no, this will sound more heavier. So it will co connect with people more. And the the way we have, it was going back to what you were saying as well, that we haven't, you know, bowed down or refused to quit when uh, we've had lineup changes and stuff. It And through all that, I believe we've gone and inspired more people to say, you know, wow, that was amazing. We're like, I think we had, I think the second gig we did this year or something, there was mm. a review about us. And it's, I think at the start, it said something like, oh, uh, wasn't really sure about them at the start, but when about halfway through the set, we're really like captivated. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's the same as uh, the Accidental Music Reviewer. When he put, when he reviewed our album last year, he, he put something at the bottom, which I think really hit home for all five of us, which was like, he, he said something to the effect of, um, it, it was something along the lines, of, I can't remember exactly, but it was something to the effect of... Um, uh, when I when they released these two singles, which was Smokescreen and prior to that, The Road, he said uh, it showed that there was an, an amazing album over the horizon. I just didn't realise how good it was. And he needed multiple listens to really understand the complexity of our, of our band as nuances and things that we do that no normal listener will probably ever hear. But we do it because we know we want it in there. Um you know, we've been doing this a long time as well. You know, me and you especially, we're, we're the last two founding members of Final Transmission. Um, even Naz wasn't an original member. Um, so 
you know, I, I think a part of that as well as it's a camaraderie, isn't it? Like we we five are brothers. Um, for better or worse, we are. Um, we've had our differences, and you know, I, I also think you also have to look at we've spent tons of money on this, like so much money, <laughs> <laughs> more than I think we should ever have to admit or ever count. Because I think we might cry if that's the case. But I also I don't think, want to put a figure on it. <laughs> no, I don't. I was thinking about this the other day, and it, it, it's yeah. I'll tell you when we get off the stream. <laughs> um, but also, there's a. Um, but there is also a, a need and a want to, to to continue perfecting our craft. So whether it's whether it's a mix of all three or or, or one of those, I think the answer is that yeah, we've we've spent far too much far too much money and time to to just sit down and let it go on. Definitely, it's um, the figure would absolutely scare me if I knew it. So I don't want to go and search for it. <laughs> I was thinking about it at work and I was like, yeah, I have a rough idea of what it is. No, don't tell me. I won't, I won't hear. I don't, I don't want you crying on, a, on your own podcast, mate. <laughs> I appreciate the concern. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, when we get up on stage and then we see all those faces and we see people dancing and pits and like a couple uh, shows back as well, we had our first encore as well. We weren't ready for it. No, but it was so worth it. I think that... there's a look of like fear on all our faces. You can see in one of the photos where you can genuinely see we're like, oh God, what do we do? Yeah, we all turned to Tom and we were like, God, what song do we do? What song do we do? And then Adam asked the crowd and it was over in two seconds like this one. Cool, right, it's this one. Yeah. Here it is. Hope. <laughs> Hope and pray. And you know, you can't put a price on those moments because those are like you'll we'll all grow up and be those really cool granddads and our grandkids will come around and say oh tell us more stories grandpa of the good days <laughs> yeah i mean I, most of ours most of mine are from our backstage antics more than anything which most of them i can't really go into because it's <laughs> it's too many too much to go through but i just think you remember you getting stuck in an elevator once that today still to this date is probably one of my favorite memories of us playing a show oh god you've just unlocked the memory there. <laughs> for all your for all your listeners i think the long and short of it is jordan may have overloaded the uh, the lift without realizing decided to get in said lift and got stuck halfway up it was a glass elevator so we just saw his head and we just saw him get stuck we all wanted to help him. We were too busy laughing at the fact that he'd just, he'd done it to himself and he got up and he got out safely, luckily. But yeah, there was a moment of panic. And once we knew he was safe, we started laughing. Oh, good. It's, yeah, it's those things that happen when you play shows. Now, I called you or text one of you and I was like, guys, I'm genuinely stuck in the lift. You, no, you're not. Just get out. No, come to the lift now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Good times. Good times. Oh, we'll move on. We'll move on. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so I guess it, uh, staying on the topic of music and musicians, uh, being a talented musician, how would you say music has made you the individual you are in today's world? Um, first of all, I appreciate the kind words, but I wouldn't say I'm a talented musician. I, I can play and I can noodle, but I wouldn't go as far as talented. But thank you. Um, <laughs> um put me off my train of thought now sorry uh, that's all right it's definitely had an impact on who i am today as i said earlier because it, as i said a, a picture can paint a thousand words and for me music does the same thing like 
it, it doesn't matter the, how I feel. There is a song that I can listen to that makes that can that can reflect that emotion. Um, and I think that it has such a profound impact on the way I look at the world. Like I listen to music every day without fail. Like I listen to a good half an hour or hours worth of music a day, um, every day more or less. And I I would never be without it. Um, I just think it's such a massive part of who I am. And that's because I've spent the best part of 14 years of my life with an instrument um, in my, you know, so I think it has such a massive impact. And like I said, it can make you feel a certain way and it can be emotive in a way that you just don't get. Like I get, I get emotional with some films like a lot of people do, but if I listen to a song that really hits, it hits me. I can be taken back by that. and actually have to sit down and go, wow, I, I need to listen to that again. Yeah, they, sometimes they just catch you off guard, and it's um, it's a it's a it's a moment that um, really surprises you. Because um, I don't know if it's the same with you, but sometimes when my walls are up and something, and then I hear a song that really captivates and really entrances me, I'm like, Jesus Christ, how did that do that? That's uh, I, I need there to was, hear that again. <laughs> there was two songs that did that to me last year off the same album. Actually, I was listening to uh, Tremonti's new album, Marching in Time. And there was two songs that just like that did that exactly to me. There's a song called Not Afraid to Lose. And one of the opening lines was, um, I'm not afraid to lose. But he says, um, it's basically that his scars don't define him. And I was just like, wow, that, that, that even now just talking about it gives me goosebumps. And the other one was, um, If Not For You, which again was like, a, wow, okay, like, that that hit a lot harder than I thought it did. That was not where I. That's not how I wanted to feel today. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to work now. I'm feeling like this. Thank you. Yeah, but also you can get proper hype for work, it, like because of what I do and where I because I'm customer facing. Sometimes you just need that that bit of energy and listening to like a song in the morning, like Click Click Boom by Saliva. I love the song and it is one of those songs I will listen to if I want to get like proper energetic because it's just got that energy to it. And it really, like, I guess, uh, perks you up for the day. Like, you know what? I am going to have a good day. You know what? No, no matter what comes my way, I, I won't let yeah. it get me down. And it, yeah, uh, kind was... of like, um, what was it? Oh, sorry, yeah. accidental, no, accidental music reviewer. He said the same thing about our song Smokescreen. It was like that. It was like he said something about it's gritting your teeth, just banging your head. You can't help yourself. Quite agree with that because, like, every time we play it live, I've got a sore neck for like two days after. <laughs> No joke, oh, I sat at work the day after a show and I had my neck propped up against the table for like half an hour. <laughs> it was so painful, but it's so worth it. Yeah, and it's going back to what I was saying before, you know, those moments that, you know, money can't really buy. When people, you, you have a whole sea of people and you just completely go for it and you think, you know what, no matter what pain comes my way, it's completely worth it. <laughs> yeah, so I think to answer your initial question, what has the music had an individual effect on me today? It's given me memories that I could not buy. Um, no amount of money could have ever bought me them. And also, I think it's also given me some of the best friendships I could have ever had and never asked for. Um, you know, I've, I've got you, I've got Adam, um, I've got, well, now some of your brothers, but we've been a lot closer since he was in the band. And me and Tom, you know, so uh, I really think that that's it. And then there's Ash, who's an unofficial sixth member of the band. You've you've got like <laughs> Rach, Tom's other half again. 
all these people that are just part of our lives because of what we do. So I think to answer your actual question, um, it's friends and memories. Thank you. I, I appreciate your kind words there about me as well. That's very much appreciated. <laughs> uh, was um, Mark Tremonti the first person who really captivated you with music just out of curiosity or was it another artist? No, 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 definitely not. It was Guns N' Roses. They were the first ones like, oh, what the hell is that? I want more of that. <laughs> <laughs> what song was it then? Uh, it was Sweet Child of Mine first, then Welcome to the Jungle, then Paradise City, the classic three um off topic a little bit but i um i wanted to start playing guitar when i was 11 and i was like wow that sounds awesome i'm gonna do that it can't be that hard i picked up a guitar played a few chords and was like that's too hard i'm putting it down <laughs> flash forward to about when i was 13 and i decided right i'm actually gonna do this now i picked up a guitar and i really forced myself to learn i'm self-taught like all the band um but yeah at that point i was like i'm gonna do this and i remember it was because i heard slash play his um godfather theme solo in tokyo and i was just like that that blows my mind even now watching it like as a guitarist it when you realize he started playing i was like wow uh, I, i've got to do that so i picked up the guitar again and i was like, i'm gonna learn to do this one day and now i'm there You've worked really hard for it, mate, and it's. Uh, I hope more people can see you play live because um, when I, when it's me, then Adam's in the way, but then I see you, and you're just in the moment of it, and I'm just like, uh, how does he like think I'm good enough to play with him? Like this guy's amazing. <laughs> I'm not, but I, I appreciate it. But I'm really not. I'm no different to you. You know, I just put the work in, and you know the results show themselves. They really do. They really, really do. Especially like, you know, when we're in rehearsal and uh, we can go over and over and over apart again. It's just a matter of just working at it and not giving up. Completely. Um, You haven't heard the new song yet. Wait until you hear that. I've got three guitar solos. (laughs) Didn't you say it's like nine minutes long or something? I think we've mapped it about 9.41 ish. (laughs) That's a big sigh. And to all my listeners and everyone, this is um, why I feel I'm a much better guitarist because they all push me to be a better version of myself and not just uh, three standard chords in a song. (laughs) Which is how I found you. (laughs) You weren't even in the right key. (laughs) And uh, man, I'd always get some phone calls off you saying oh, you have to listen to this and you play something down the phone and it's like, oh my God, like he just does not stop. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm literally looking at one of my guitars now and like, I really want a noodle while we're on the phone, but I can't. Professionalism, mate, professionalism. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> we just wing it, I don't know. I'll look in the dictionary after this. <laughs> I do actually sometimes forget, like I forgot for a minute we were actually doing the podcast and I actually have to like, like be kind of focused. <laughs> same <laughs> this is it just shows how long we've known each other now <laughs> to all of jordan's listeners if you're still listening i'm i'm incredibly fortunate of the fact that like you know you're still here because you know we're off on a tangent now good luck <laughs> i'll get us back on it it's, it's go go come on let's get back on it <laughs> okay so um going to a bit to the side here uh what are three beliefs you hold dear to yourself and why they're special to you? Um, I think probably 
my biggest one is a, a big belief for me is that family isn't blood. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you know, I, I, I see you as family. I see you as like another brother to me because we are so close. Um, just Thank because you, you're born into, sorry, I've known you long enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, just because you're born into something, it doesn't mean that, yes, by by blood or, or by DNA, whatever you want to say that they are, yeah, but that doesn't make them family. For me, family is who's there when you need them the most. Who's going to pick up the phone when when no one else will? Well, you know, that, that for me is a huge belief. And I, I, I will argue to my last breath, anyone that disagrees with that, um, you know, that, that's a big thing for me. Um, my second, my second one, um, would be that, you know, knowledge is, is key in, in life. Like I, I really believe that learning and bettering yourself every day is such a huge thing. Like, even if it is, you just learn, I don't know, the stupidest little fact that you think you're never going to need or, or you're never going to know you'd be surprised one day that comes up in a conversation. I had it the other day at work. We're having a conversation about something. And I was just like, wow, I actually know something about this. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> it It just came to me. Like, I didn't know I knew it until I was talking about it. I was like, huh, turns out I know that. Um, it was about planets. It was something to do with planets. And I was talking to my colleague and it just, just fell into place. I was like, did that just come out of my mouth? Oh, okay. Um, and I think another one and probably one of the other really big ones for me is a really big belief is to treat others how you want to be treated manners don't cost anything and it, it as i said to you all it takes is for you to be kind to someone and that is then repaid tenfold you know so i'm a big believer of treat others how you want to be treated um you know there is a time and a place when you do have to put your foot down and i get that but overall treat people with respect it doesn't matter their religion their race their career it doesn't matter their sexuality it doesn't matter about any of that at the end of the day we're all human and while everyone is capable of doing horrendous things given the right motive, I think that nine out of 10 people or even, you know, nine out of 10 people will actually reciprocate that kindness back to you. If you, if you just move out of the way for someone or open the door, they'll do something in kind for you or they might pass that on to someone else. Kind of like what we were saying earlier. Yeah. It's, um, it goes a long way, doesn't it? Completely. Um, so going, uh, your second one kind of stood out to me there with um, silly facts. Um, is there one that's like really stood out to you? Because I know a lot of them can be like, you know, th things you think of in the shower. Um, and I heard the other day, the moment you turn 31 years old, you will have been alive for your billionth second. Um, I'm not sure how necessarily that tr true that is, but that is ridiculous if it is. <laughs> yeah. There are random things like um, technically, well, not technically, at the age of 25, uh, I don't, again, no, I haven't fact-checked it. Um, so I'm only going by what I've, what I've done. But normally, I think it's at the age of 25, your cells deteriorate quicker than they can regrow. So at 25 years old, you have officially hit the peak of your, of your physical side, if you will, and your cells will deteriorate quicker than they can rebuild. So that's the moment where, you are no longer young, if you will. You are going to get older and you cannot repair the same amount of damage as before, which is quite crazy, really. Um, I, I'm full of pointless knowledge. And how many times have we been at rehearsal <laughs> and I've just come out with the most pointless thing ever, but it's been relevant to the conversation for no reason. 
Yeah, it's weird how that works sometimes. Like, it's relevant, but it's pointless at the same time. Completely. <laughs> it's like I was talking to my colleague the other day about, like, uh, she was saying that her son's really into to planets and stuff. And <clears throat> we were talking about how um, apparently all planets have a a sound, if you will, and if it was audible to a human or if it was to be interpreted by a human ear, it would sound like this. And apparently Jupiter sounds like um, someone screaming, apparently. But then I also said that there's a moon that orbits Jupiter. I think it's Jupiter, if memory serves. And apparently when the Earth when the Earth is obviously engulfed with the, the sun and it obviously eventually kind of becomes a, a red dwarf, at that point, apparently one of the ice um, moons near Jupiter that circles it will actually warm up to a similar temperature or theoretically as to what we live in now on Earth. And because there's ice already there and it's already ejecting out, there is theory that there is probably already some kind of very, very, very early form of biological thing that is frozen. And once that cools down enough and it melts, we can have almost another like Earth, if you will, there, obviously with more gravity. Again, it's all theoretical, but it, I thought that was really fascinating. Wow. So I'm... Um, th- does yeah, that exactly. Mean... Oh, wow. I don't know how true it is, but it's, it's the Goldilocks effect. You know, we've got the right amount of oxygen. We've got the right amount of water. Everything is perfect with the perfect distance from the sun. We've got the perfect amount of gravity. It's called the Goldilocks effect because it's so, so rare. Like, I think it's if you light, if, if we had 1% more oxygen in the air, we'd light a match. It would burn for days. And if you had 1% less, you wouldn't be able to light a match. So again, it's that Goldilocks effect. So we literally have the right amount of trees on here on Earth and everything. Just don't plant another one just in case. <laughs> well, I think we'll be fine. We could probably do with planting a few more given the way the world is. But yeah, as, as a whole, like it's quite fascinating. Like, again, I don't know how much of this is 100% true, but I find it quite fascinating to know nonetheless. So going off on that, actually, um, does, what, in what uh, aspect? do you believe in other life forms do you believe there's something else out there that's um, not just us as well yeah so i can't remember what it's called it's called the something it's called the something filter if memory serves i cannot remember its name but the idea is that i mean there are literally billions of planets the the likelihood of us being uh, alone is well put it this way if you if you think we're the only things in this universe and you or in the in the entire existence you're probably wrong But the thing is this, I can't remember the name of it, it's bugging me, but it's something filter. The idea is we're either, because of obviously how long it would take said species to travel if they could, we're going theoretically, they're more advanced than us anyway. But um, if they could travel here, we've either completely missed them, uh, they came here long before we were here, or long before we could put it in paintings and, and cave paintings, things like that, or we haven't missed them yet and they'll be here long after we're gone. Um, we're in this weird thing because humans have existed for you know a long time, but we're nothing but a grain of sand in the, in the grand scheme of time. And that that's when you wrap your head around that, it, it does sound quite scary, but to answer your question, I don't think we're alone. What capacity that is, whether that's something as small as microbe and biological or whether that is, you know, a, a complete and utter thing remains to be seen or whether that's someone from the from the distant future that has the technology to travel it remains to be seen you know i i really believe that as well because it uh, goes to things like the pyramids for example and how they were so perfectly aligned 
I they don't learned, think they, they learned the... how to read. They learned how to read the stars. That's that's what that comes down to. But then there's argument of who taught them to read the stars. It's like, well, regardless of what you believe, it's been done, hasn't it? Yeah, or even Stonehenge. Like, how would they move those big stones moved all the way and propped upright? And it it does. I think it's good to have an open mind because it's not you're not literally limiting yourself to one closed mind thing essentially. Yeah, I mean everyone's entitled to that, but I think when you ask if there's other life forms, a lot of people just instantly think of aliens or, or what we would classify as an advanced civilization. Um, you could be talking about something as small as like the the first kind of biological beginnings like the beginning of a cell for example something something as simple as that it could be classed it depends what you classify as alone or life on another planet that that's where the argument becomes sticky and that's where it can become very difficult if you both agree if you both agree there could be life but at different stages then it's you know but yeah i think we're definitely not alone yeah, it, it, I don't think we are either. I think it's just um, better to sort of ease us into it and saying, oh, yeah, they've been here for thousands of years and watching us and watching everything you do, like um, those two aliens from Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, moving on, uh, what would you say inspires you to be the best version of yourself? Um, family and friends. Um, because I think they probably will know i mean you've known me a long time so you probably know me better than most and i'm quite a private person normally so when i actually agreed to do this you were a little bit taken back Um, yes (laughs) i'm quite a private person normally but i think every day people can inspire you to be better because i want to be the best version of who i can be not just for my sake but you know for my friend's sake for my family's sake i want to be the best person possible version of me to to give back to those people and i think they inspire me every day to just want to be a better person and it's amazing how that can how that can be done you know and having the right support as well you know i've got friends that i'm incredibly close with that i talk to about stuff and i'm like well you know this and they're like okay what have you thought about this i'm like actually no and that makes me grow as a person because you know most friends will sugarcoat it or dance around it i don't like that i'd rather you tell me so i think to answer your question again would be friends and family inspire me to want to be a better version of myself not just for my sake but for theirs as well would you say that um like people not sugarcoating things was tough for you at the start not at all i i've i've always been i've grown up in in a polite way but i've grown up in a way that is you call a spade a spade you know if you don't like something you say it you don't have to be horrible you don't have to be condescending you don't have to be a complete and utter so and so but you just have to kind of say yeah i don't agree with this or no that isn't it or "Mm, that's not really for me like you know i had a friend of mine call me out a couple of weeks ago she thought i was being a bit bit unfair on something and i was like actually do you know what yeah no you're right fair enough and that was that was it. I then apologised for for probably being a bit too hasty with my for my opinion without actually listening to the rest of it. She asked my opinion, I butted in. She she told me to just sit down and be quiet, basically. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, I I I do like that when people are more honest with you because it's not being oh well, uh, no, it's okay. I don't want to hurt your feelings or something. Or I I get people, you know, sometimes can be more sensitive than others, and I respect that. Yeah. Um, it's I think it's it's just better when people are upfront and honest, so you can tackle the whole situation really. Yeah, like I said, there are times when it does call for you to maybe take a step back and be a bit more polite or be a bit more tactful, and that that's per person. And not only that, but where I'm quite a blunt person and I'm normally quite to the point, I think some people will take that the wrong way with me. But like people like you, I've been friends with for a long time. You know, I don't mean any harm by it. You know, all I mean by it is like this is what I'm saying is exactly what I'm thinking. I'm I'm not trying to be horrible or condescending. I'm just saying what I'm thinking. Yeah, and it, it helps me grow as a person as well. Saying oh. I mean, there have been some times where I've fallen off the rails at practice and I haven't been myself. And you don't mean anything bad by it. You just want me to be a better person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've called you afterwards and said, look, what's up? And I've, I've listened to you. And if I think you're being a bit of a baby about it, I'll, I'll tell you, I think you're being a bit of a baby. And you were like, I, I distinctly remember one phone call we had a couple of months ago and you said, okay, this is what's going on. I said, do you want me to be nice or do you want me to be honest? And you're like, oh God. <laughs> and you said go on and be honest and I told you and you didn't like what I had to say but you sat with it for a minute and then you said yeah no I appreciate that and then like two days later I got a text off you saying I don't think I've ever I, I remember you saying you've been in a much better place since then because no one had actually told you to just what their opinion was everyone was sugarcoated for you whereas I you asked my opinion knew I weren't going to do that because I, I care about you and I wanted you to just hear it firsthand. Thank you. I do really appreciate that as well. It's uh, one of the many features that I really appreciate. So thank you. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, what would you say is one practice we can all incorporate as humans to implement a little more love into the world? Would you say it would be the honesty we were talking about or was there something else? Um, that's a tough one because it would be. It, I would answer two answers to that one. But if I had to pick one, it would probably be to, uh, in fact, Newton Faulkner wrote a song called Smile More, which I think is completely relevant to this. I think that just by smiling, and again, like I said, showing courtesy, you can make the world a better place. You know, one act of kindness, one random act of kindness might then pass on to someone else who then in turn does a random act of kindness and so on and so on and so on. So I think just showing just showing kindness is probably my answer to that question. You know, even through the little things, they don't have to be big gestures, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it could be something as simple as, um, for example, like if like a, a mum and a dad and someone, or someone's pushing a, a pram down the road, just move out of the way rather than them go around you, just get out of their way. It, it, it makes no difficult to you. It's more difficult for them. Just be polite. Like it doesn't hurt to, um or just hold the door open how hard is it and it was going back to what you were saying before it doesn't cost a single penny yeah and this is the thing you you've got you know there will be times when you're in a rush and you physically can't or you, you can't do something or you're in a rush and you do just kind of forget and you do it but you know just just being kind goes such a long way it really does. Um, so thank you. I hope uh, 
we can all incorporate that little more love into the world through that <laughs> yeah i completely agree like it doesn't hurt to text someone either does it i mean like I, I can text you i'll randomly text you just to make sure that you're okay you know it doesn't hurt to do it and you know you may be absolutely fine but it's nice for you to know that there's someone's text you to just ask you yeah and that you feel still appreciated and not alone yeah um how have you personally dealt with adversity in your life? So from surgery on your legs to having a wonderful place of your own, to having a passion to cook, a love for music and many more wonderful things. Was there a unique thing that helped you so much? Um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I suppose like for me, it was a case of I... I think once I got on my wheel, wheelchair and obviously to kind of give a bit of content to that, because everyone's probably thinking surgery wheelchair, they're probably now confused. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I I had two surgeries on my legs when I was younger and I, I had bones broken, fractured. I learned to walk and so on and so on. Um, and a lot of people would have thought that, you know, that would be an excuse to potentially, I, there are some people I get on really well with, but I know would have probably used that as an excuse in their everyday life even now um oh well i've got this and i've got that i got out of my wheelchair and as soon as i was able to i started playing full contact rugby (laughs) (laughs) i joined the rugby team (laughs) you know as soon as i was able to i did um and then i went on to play basketball despite the fact i'm five foot six (laughs) i'm not a tall guy (laughs) so I was actually rather good at it as well. That's the worst thing about it. Um, but I hate his sports. I really hated it. I just so I think adversity comes in many forms. Whether that's because you're shunned because of religion, sexuality, career, whatever that is, or whether it is through you know disability or mental health or, or whatever that looks like to you, it's a, it's about being able to try and try and just see that you are more than what people want you to be um you know i've got a strong belief and you know more than probably the most i have a strong belief that i will always be the hardest worker in the room i will always do i don't stop (laughs) Um, you don't (laughs) it's really bad which is is, it's a bad thing in some ways because i do burn out and i have as i'm you know, I'm not old, I'm only 26, but as I'm getting older, I have got to slow down. You know, I have a house to pay for. I have, I don't have anyone reliant on me, luckily. So I have to be sensible and I have to know where my limits are. And don't get me wrong, I do push myself right up to that line and I normally tow it and maybe go a bit beyond it and then regret that. But, you know, I strongly believe that if you're down and you've got the right people around you to pick you up, brush you off and help you, you will get back up stronger. Completely and 100% agree with that. Very, very much. Um, you've been a big part of that for me as well. That um, I mean, sometimes I've been, like you said, I've just gone full flat out. And uh, as the saying goes, you can't burn the candle at both ends because we're not T1000s. <laughs> no, maybe not. Some days I wish we were, like we could be uh, liquid humans. I think that's the T-1000, isn't it? Um, yeah. The second film. Yeah, because it's the T-800, which is what Arnold was. Yeah, I think it's the T-1000. Good film. After the second one, it just kind of it just kind of died off. But th- that's a whole other opinion. That's a whole other podcast you could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I remember when I met Robert Patrick as well, and I was like, do I touch him to see if he's liquid? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, you are right. You can't burn the candle at both ends. And I'm a bit of a hypocrite for that because I have been doing that over the last few days. But I I guess for me, it's a case of I don't like slowing down. And I realise I have to, but I find that very difficult. So I think adversity comes in many forms and it's, you know, about how you can approach it or change your tack and remember that it's it is okay not to be okay and i think that's a big big thing a lot of people don't want to admit that they need help and i'm one of them um i'm probably the last person you'll get a call from saying can i have help please but Mm. you know the last year and a half has taught me anything it is that it is sometimes it is necessary to um for your own sanity and for those that you care about because You've got to remember what you do, burning yourself out of both ends doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around you because other people can see you running yourself into the ground. They can see you hurting yourself and that stresses them out and upsets them. Um, And it's a selfish thing to do in some ways. So it's a bit of a hypocritical thing for me to say because I still do it, but I try my hardest to be more conscious of what that's doing to my friends, to, to my parents, like the stress that puts them all under. Yeah, I mean, um, you were saying that was um, in within the last couple of years that um, that's what you've really learned. Was that um, was the lockdown tough on you? Would you say? Not at all. I mean, I just spent more time playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot more time playing guitar. That was that was it really. Um, so I wouldn't say it was tough on me. I mean, it was difficult not seeing my parents because I'm very close with them. Um, but you know, I still made I made use of the time in a in a way that maybe some people didn't. Yeah, using it more productively and um, making yourself better. Yes. Looking at the the yin and yang, I've always loved that. You find the good in a bad situation, and you can become a better person from it. Really. Yeah, and I also think that you know. Now, as I said earlier, bettering yourself every day is something that I think is a great thing to do, whether that's 30 seconds, two minutes, five minutes, or whatever that looks like. You should just try. It doesn't hurt to try. Even if it's just like I said, you learn some random piece of information, you've bettered your understanding of the world. Definitely. Um, so from that last question we spoke about, um, have you, sorry, um, how has your love for cooking started and what would you say is your favorite dish to cook? (laughs) I had a long think about this. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't, so my, my love for cooking has always been there. Um, my mum cooked a lot. I mean, my mum has fed you plenty of times. I mean, you know what it's like when you go to my mum's house. (laughs) She has. Uh, thank you for always feeding me, Connor's mum. <laughs> Hi, Connor's <laughs> mum. And then obviously my dad is always good entertainment to, to be around. Um, you know, you've always got my mum and dad always doing something. My dad's an incredible, incredible man when it comes to baking. Cooking, I love him. And dad, if you're listening, I do. But I, there's a reason you bake. Um, and mum, the reverse goes to you. You are brilliant at cooking but let dad do the baking um and i love you both but that that's just it um so i've grown up in a house where a lot of stuff with the was either homemade when when we could get the ingredients in or 
you know, my mum had this uncanny ability to just be able to put dinners together when there wasn't anything that you could think, oh, well, that wouldn't work. And it just somehow she could do it. Um, and my mum always had this, this kind of thing about like, you couldn't come to our house and leave empty. Like you leave empty. You had to leave on a full stomach kind of thing. Like you had to go to bed on a full stomach. And I think you can testify to that probably better than most. I very much can. <laughs> like that show we played where we all ate homemade Chinese and then me, you, Adam, Tom and Naz are all looking at each other like, why did we do this? <laughs> that was brutal. Just completely full, completely full. <laughs> yeah, so I think my love for cooking came from that. And it's a creative outlet as well, besides music, which is, again, uh, you know, it's another creative outlet because cooking is creative. Um, so in terms of my favourite dish to make, that's really tough to answer because it depends what I fancy making at the time or what I fancy. Like sometimes I just want to make something simple, like a, like a roast, but other times I want to do like, for example, there's a curry I make and it is ridiculously easy on the surface, but if you cook it too long, the oil separate, like it separates and you can't get it back. And it's just an absolute faff if it goes wrong and it requires (laughs) you to constantly be aware of it. So I love cooking that sometimes, but equally, sometimes I just want a really simple dinner. So it's a, this is a cop-out answer, but it depends on what I feel like at the time. <laughs> You're all good. Because I, I remember you tell me stories of like when it's Christmas time and you do full, full on gingerbread houses and um, the Christmas, everything. So I guess it can kind of move with the time of the year, I guess, right? <laughs> oh, completely. Like, I, I love to make, like, desserts as well. Like, so I've always been able to cook, but I never really cooked that much. And during the lockdown, baking was my pitfall. I just could not bake to save my life. Like, I was so bad at it. Um, and I, I said to myself, I'm going to learn to bake. So I spent the best part of two and a half, three weeks over the lockdown not only honing my cooking skills um, as, as I naturally would want to, but I also really, really focused on baking. Um, I made biscuits, which came out really well. I'd done um, chocolate crunch, gingerbread biscuits. I made homemade ice cream. I made brownies. I've, I've recently done chocolate fondants for the first time. They came out really well. Um, yeah, so like, you know me, any excuse I've got to cook, I will happily do it. you will with a big smile on your face as well (laughs) completely you can guarantee that if i'm cooking i'm in my element like we had our drummer tom over for dinner with his other half and they were all sitting at the table chatting and tom's other half rachel was like do you want some help i was like no just sit there just you know because it's my kitchen i know how i want things and anyone helping is actually getting in my way you're better off helping by not helping (laughs) Just put your feet up and relax. <laughs> that can help me so much. Like, and then I asked her to pass me something. She's like, oh my God, I'm helping. I was like, yes, you are. Please pass that to me and let me carry on. But I mean, I don't cook with, <laughs> I don't wear a t-shirt around the house normally. So when I cook, I don't wear a t-shirt. And I distinctly remember cooking halloumi fries and they come over and oil was spitting at me and it was spitting at my chest. And I didn't notice it because I'm so used to it. And, um, and uh, in fact, I remember cooking for you once and you were just looking at me so confused because of, like, like, how? And I'm like, I don't know, just I'm cooking. It's just like you're totally in your element, like when you're on stage. Yeah, it, it kind of is like that. Um, 
I remember when Adam come over uh, over mine once, and I was co- it was when I was cooking burgers, and they they spat at me or something, and it spat on my chest, and it, it theoretically it should have actually burnt me. But I, I didn't. I don't. I don't remember it burning me. Um, and he was like, "You're mad. You are literally mad." I was like, "Yes, probably." As you were. Do I need to see a psychiatrist? I probably do, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, as money I can spend on cooking guitars. <laughs> there you go that's the yin to the yang <laughs> um so moving on now um to throw a little curveball in um i guess you may have partially answered this but what fuels your thirst for knowledge in this world even if it can be like a little silly fact that we were talking about <laughs> um i think my my thirst for knowledge is is never ending in the sense that some people could quite happily just sit down and be done with it but i'm one of those not obsessive people but if i sit down and i want to learn something i will try and learn everything i can about it um and it's also quite nice because i like the idea of you never know when that kind of information is going to be relevant or handy um like for example when i read the lord of the rings books i then was i got given the silmarillion book um christmas four or five years ago and no matter how many times i tried to read it i just couldn't do it it was so dense and it was such a heavy book to get into i was just like i can't do this and i eventually did it and uh from there i read the rest of tolkien's work about uh, you know Arda, the world i haven't read all the notes and everything but i've read the the core books and i then replayed um shadow of mordor or shadow of war at the moment i'm playing through those and this time around, when I'm picking up these artifacts that talk about the bigger universe, I'm like, I know that. I know more about this. And, and then I read this. I'm like, oh, that's from that book at that point. So it, I have this thing about wanting to learn as much as possible because I'm one of those people. I just like to I just like to have as much knowledge as possible. And I'm not sure why. It's just this thing I've always had from a very young age of just wanting to know. I was obsessed with ancient Egypt when I was younger, like even now I remember certain things about it. I'm just like, well, that's why do I need to know that? So I think to answer your question, it's that thing of not only that, but I, I'm very fidgety. Like, I've been playing with something the entire time we've been on this podcast. I've been playing with two brackets, which <laughs> I'm still playing with them now. <laughs> so I'm one of those people, I have to be fidgeting. I have to do something. That's why I learned to do a Rubik's Cube. I wanted that knowledge because it gave me something to do. And then I got bored after I could do it. So I moved on to a four by four and I got bored because I could do it. Then I don't have five by Do you see what I mean? Like I have this thing for wanting to know stuff. So you're a bit like um, you'd say a Colin Furs uh, taking things apart and uh, seeing um, how it all works. <laughs> to a degree. I am not, I am not any way gifted like that. Like my mum, you can give her a couple of bits of wood and a hammer. She's well in her element. Um, <laughs> wow. Like my mum can cook. She, you know, I remember my mum broke her nose once and uh, she just carried on. Just like there was nothing. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, my cousin, for example, he built, a, he built like a mini skateboard ramp just out of a couple of bits of wood in my mum's back garden. It was a very small ramp. I would hardly say it was anything. But he built that just with a saw, some screws and a bit of ingenuity. No training. I cannot do that. If you see me with a drill, run the other way. <laughs> like buy a plane ticket and go to Australia. Get away from me. Um, but you give me you give me a whisk and some knives, or you give me a guitar. I am well in my element. 
just do not disturb because Connor is learning. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like I, I think cooking is always a learning experience as well. Like I have this thing about like whenever I cook a new dish, I'll look up the recipe to understand the core parts of it. You know, what ingredients are going to always be there? And I'll look up several recipes and I'll find the core ingredients and then I'll look at what they've all changed and what, and then I'll try and figure out why they've done it. And from there I'll go, right, okay, so my recipe has to have these core elements of this, this, and this. These are the other things I'll toy about with. And I'll do the recipe six, seven times and I'll cook it until I'm happy with my own version of that. And then I will build my version of that recipe. Then I'll refine the, the amount um, of each ingredient. So through that knowledge, would you say that is there anything that you're a hundred percent certain of in this life apart from death and taxes? <laughs> um, I, I would say that, yeah, I would say that I'm a hundred percent certain that anyone that puts their mind to something will be able to achieve it. And I don't mean in the, the sense of like, if you want to be famous, you'll be famous. I mean, in like the sense of if you really, really want to learn how to do this thing, when you really want this skill and you really want it, you will achieve it if you put your mind to it. That's beautiful. Um, that really is. Because, you know, the, people have gone through time doing so many crazy things. It's like, how have you done that? Like, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. Not like, obviously, I don't know, jump out of um, uh, into space without an oxygen suit and survive. Uh, yeah, there, there is logic. A, yeah, it's just that there there is an element of logic involved, which unfortunately some people don't have. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I I think there is an element of like if you want to learn how to place a, a song, well, the thing is you've got to be able to look at the building blocks. I think too many people look at the the other side of it. So I think what I'm certain of is everyone has the ability to do the skill that they want or they to do the thing they want if they put their mind to it um i think it's just a case of being sensible and kind of looking at the building blocks like if you want to learn to play a song and you've never picked up an instrument don't go straight for the song because you're going to get put off it you're going to go oh i can't do this you're going to get frustrated and put it away what you need to do is look at the fundamentals and then go okay once i've got the fundamentals down i can then start looking at doing this which will learn and lead me into what i want to do and make you a better person because you feel more accomplished, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely. I, th I think you will definitely have a better mindset and knowing that that attitude will then carry to the next project you want to do. Like I didn't get up during the lockdown and go, I'm going to bake because I'm bad at it. I woke up and I was like, I'm not very good at it, but I want to improve. I know I'm not going to be very good at it when I begin. I'm going to get frustrated with it, but I will get better if I stick to it. Even if I do get really acquainted with the firemen that come to my house through the, all the troubles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it gets to a point when they ask him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, and finally, I don't want to keep you any longer because um, I know it's getting pretty late now and everything. Um, we've had, um, yeah, over an hour. Wow, thank you. Um, but what is one thing you'd say to anyone today who might be listening, who is struggling to find positivity in their lives, and finding it hard to work to new heights they can achieve in this world. I think for the positivity part, it's have a good, long, hard look in the mirror and think, is it, is it a will or is it a skill issue? Um, I, I love that thing. Is it a will issue? Are, are you struggling because you just feel like you can't? 
And if that's the case, have you thought about reaching out, talk to someone, anyone, a friend, a family member? It doesn't matter. Don't be ashamed to do that. If you need to seek more professional help, then do it because ultimately that will make you a better person and nothing can take away from that. And if it's a will issue or, or if there's a skill issue, look at what that is. Take it apart and understand where you're going wrong. You know, I think you've really got to look at it as a big picture. And I'm a big believer of not just looking at the small print, but looking at the big picture. So I would say, look, if you're struggling to find positivity, look in the mirror and decide what it is that's causing the problem first. And, you know, reach out if you need to. And I think, you know, if you're struggling to reach new heights, it's because you've hit a ceiling. If you've hit a ceiling, then there's probably there's something in the way you need to figure out what that ceiling is, that barrier. Um, and then you need to figure a way to tear that down and you need to find a way to get up and do it. There's the sky's the limit. Like, you know, we didn't get to be recording artists. Like hell, we don't make a lot of money, but me and you, for example, mate, we we've been doing this for so long now we've made money, not a lot, nowhere near enough to recoup all the money we put into this. But when we started this, we never thought we'd get to this point. And now look where we are because we pushed it because we said, that's the ceiling. We want to go past that. We want to tear that down. And every time we get to a ceiling, we're like, cool. So where's the sledgehammer? Let's do this. Yes. And that, that kind of actually makes me think of um, an experiment that I saw a couple um, weeks ago that a couple of scientists put a bunch of fleas in a jar and they sealed the lid for three days um, and then when they opened the lid, their mind was set that that is the only limit that I can achieve. And it gets passed down to their offspring. And that's only the particular height that you can reach. So um, I was really fascinated by that. And when, it's like you were saying, get the sledgehammer and work to that new height that you can go up to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I fully believe that. Like, wherever your ceiling is obviously there's going to be certain limits financial limits are always going to play into that um there's always going to be a financial side there's also going to be like if it's a job for example if there's no room to move then you've also got to work around that can you upskill yourself in other areas so when that job role becomes available you are the logical choice for example there's tons of things you can do to maybe if you can't get to that ceiling yet or you're out there but there's no physical way past it yet prepare yourself because there'll be an opportunity and someone's going to say this is it and at that point you're either going to look down and climb back down that ladder or you're going to go through that ceiling and you're going to be set on the next one definitely um i i guess that's a perfect way to end it off um thank you for coming on today mate it's really really been a pleasure thank you <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me on and if your listeners are still listening, thank you for listening. And also apologies if we've been off on a tangent because we have a little bit. <laughs> it's what happens when uh, we've known each other for so long, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a fun day at rehearsal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, especially editing this as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on, mate. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I don't want to keep you on any longer, but it's, again, thank you. <laughs> My pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'll uh, see you at rehearsal. Take care, mate. Have a good evening. And you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out today's episode. If you enjoyed, please consider dropping a subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, and share with a friend. It all means so much to me. Thank you. See you in the next one.